Welcome to Cancelled. Thank God we are almost done. <laughs> this is episodes 15 and 16 of Bunheads, a show that has made me angrier, I think, than any of the other shows I've done on this podcast, which is saying a lot. Yeah. Uh, back with us here at uh, my wonderful living room. Martha Kelly's here. How are we doing, Martha? Doing uh, pretty good. I'm excited to not have to go anywhere for Thanksgiving. Nice. You're going to be at the uh, the Velve? Uh, I probably will just uh, be in my apartment. Nice. That's also good. <laughs> I don't party. Well, I know you don't party, but there's still like turkey and stuff. Oh, are they doing like a... Yeah, there's a, they're doing like this closed for the night and we're just... Oh, they're like people nice. bring leftovers and stuff. Yeah, it's fun. That's really cool. Started, Mario started a couple. This is uh, the Velveeta Room in Austin, Texas. Yeah, they just let the comics come. Are you guys going to that? Yeah, probably. That's nice. Maybe yeah, I'll go by for a little bit. Yeah, it's a good time. It's later in the, it's later in the evening. So people can come like after their, see their family or whatever and bring leftovers and stuff. It's a good time. That's cool. You know what's not cool? Bunheads. This goddamn show, <laughs> Michelle in particular, mm. the writers who have gone completely off the goddamn deep end, I don't even know where to start with how angry this show has made me. It, um, yeah, I, I've, I was, uh, I was very upset about several elements. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's start with 15, episode okay. 15. Uh, I believe is called some weird ass name. I have it here. I just brought it up a second ago. Take the Vacuna, V I C U N A. I don't know what that word means, but the Me episode either. is called Take the Vacuna. Sasha has an apartment. Yeah. That came up in the last episode. They kind of dropped it randomly. We hadn't seen it yet. We see her apartment. First off, we hear her on the phone and she's like trying to set up bills and deposits and she's got all this stuff we see her apartment i mean i'm jumping around a lot but this is maybe the thing that makes me the angriest right now (laughs) she has a giant apartment yeah with a working fireplace and like beautiful furniture she redid the floors she pulled up the carpet to redo the hardwood floors in a matter of days that takes weeks <laughs> that's uh, quite the project and you have to bring in professionals she can't just do that herself yeah we have addressed in no way how she has any money well i mean the i assume that her parents are paying for it but they should for sure have addressed why would her parents pay for her to have her own apartment at 16 years old? It's insane. The, particularly the way they leave it when initially the mother's like, look, we're moving. You're coming with us. That's the end of it. And she's like, fine. Well, I don't even know that the parents are paying for it because she says the mother says that. And she's like, I'll leave you the uh, the refrigerator. She doesn't say, like, right. I'll leave you money or I'll pay for anything. Right. She leaves mad. I thought the whole point was to be like, oh, she'll the daughter will realize she can't possibly live here on her own because she has no means to support herself. Right. And then she'll have to come to her senses. Not the case. She has a nicer apartment than any I've ever lived in in my life. And there's not even... They don't even give us the decency of writing a line for her where she's like, well, I can't believe my parents are paying for her. Something. Some right. way of justifying this woman's existence. It's like... They can't... Whoever's writing now, because I don't think it's her. I, like, I don't think it's Amy Sherman Palladino. I saw different names in the credits. Right. Um couldn't write for a teenage girl so they were just like oh we'll just make her half an adult yeah it is really weird and it doesn't it doesn't make any sense her apartment is nicer 
than any other uh, interior on the whole show. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't even really look like it belongs in that city. <laughs> she also, when throwing a, a housewarming party mm-hmm. for people I've never seen, um, it's like the friends, yeah. and then like, it's not even, they don't even have the decency to get like extras from the ballet school. It's just a right. bunch of strangers and that old woman, but I guess you know, she's the neighbor, so whatever, that's fine. She's making bruschetta. She's got this. She's doing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am flabbergasted at how bad they are handling this storyline. It makes no sense, and it infuriates me. It does. It definitely doesn't make any sense, and it requires an unacceptable level level of um, suspension of disbelief. Oh yeah. I do want to say. I was grasping at things to enjoy in both these episodes, and Mm -hmm. one of them happened towards the beginning, which is when Ginny is being a bitch about (laughs) Melanie and roller derby, and then she's a bitch to Cosette, and then Melanie says to Cosette, I'm really sorry about Ginny, she's just upset, blah, 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 and then Cosette says... Who's Ginny? <laughs> I missed that because I was kind of running around. That's actually pretty great. It was really great. That actually actually adds to the line in the next episode uh, towards the end where she says she calls her Heidi. Yeah, and I was like, that's just I, I didn't get it entirely, but that's good. Um, there are I, I was doing the same thing where I was desperately grasping for anything that I could enjoy while watching these two episodes, and there are a couple of moments. Lily, the businesswoman who they're partnering on the right. theater with, uh-huh. <laughs> she's a moment where like so they're at the place where they're building the thing, and she's going business, 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 so yeah. do this, do that, spend money, whatever. And at one point, she walks like she's just kind of walking in like the half background. She's on the phone. She goes, "Tell me again. Tell me much. Uh, tell me again how much profit we made. Tell me again. I love money." And she just <laughs> walks out of frame. It makes no, it's like no human being would ever act like that. But it just right. genuinely made me laugh. I like that. I also like her just on the grounds that she's the only adult who's actually taking care of anything. Anything. She's the only one who's remotely capable at all. Uh, Michelle in this episode. At one point, when so Michelle's brother is still hanging around from the previous episode for a li- for this episode anyway, he disappears. Uh, oh. At the end of this episode, we'll get to his that fucking whole thing in a minute. Um, he brings her to the housewarming party that Sasha's throwing, and uh, at one point, they're like, "This place, how nice the place is to Sasha," and she's yeah. like, "You own a bucket? I've never owned a bucket in my entire life." The fuck are you talking about? It's a like, bucket is not a mark of like. You can get a plastic mop buppet bucket buppet at a mop, Target a mop buppet for ten dollars. I, I would say for certainly you can get one for ten dollars. I would say probably less. I bet yeah. if you get a shitty one at the dollar store for like five. Yeah, I can't. I just. The two of them, I wrote, oh no, Michelle's brother is still here. <laughs> <laughs> they drive me crazy. I wrote, the brother is here, still here, who cares? Uh-huh. <laughs> we get a little more... The, they're talking about their childhood at one point, because this, this whole episode infuriated me. So she, so he's telling her, it opens with her, like, it doesn't really open, whatever. He's telling her... He's telling Michelle that uh, he gets to pick. It's his last night in town, and their tradition is that whoever's last night in town gets to pick how they celebrate or blow out, blow it out. Right. And uh, 
He's like, you're coming with me to this some thing in the desert. It's supposed to be like Burning Man. He said that's like their frame of reference. She's like, is there bathrooms? There's probably not bathrooms. There's a whole thing about that. While they're having that discussion, he's like, it'll be great. It'll be like the road trips we took as a kid. And she's like, we never took any road trips as a kid. She's like, what road trips? And he goes, oh, those were all fake vacations. And apparently, their mother would take pick them up in the middle of the night, drive them around for hours until they fell asleep, and then wake them up when they got home and be like, you can't believe it. We went to the Grand Canyon. You, unless you are three, four, six, maybe, maybe six. You're a fucking idiot if you fell for that. Like, <laughs> multiple times? Yeah. Apparently, it's a thing she did. At one point, he says, like, oh, that was my, se- that was my second favorite childhood memory. And then Michelle's like, Don McLean didn't play at your, bir- your eighth birthday party. And he's like, oh, like, broken hearted. Clearly, that's going to be the first favorite thing. They just don't say it. Why does an eight-year-old give a fuck about the guy who's like American <laughs> Pie? What? Who wrote this? It's so beyond unbelievable. I have a friend. So they don't say, but I assume that was because they didn't have a lot of money. So I have sure. a friend who grew up in a family that was pretty broke. And she told me their mom used to take them on adventures. And they didn't have any money, but their mom would... Like, they'd say, hey, can we see where that rainbow ends? And their mom would be like, let's go find it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is... That is a fun... Yeah. It's not that hard to think of realistic ways broke mothers can make their kids happy. entertain their children. Absolutely. But that is bullshit. It's not only bullshit, it's mean. Yeah. It's, like, not nice. Telling your kids, oh, let's go find out where that rainbow ends. And you actually go through a field and you're having fun and you're playing and you're pretending they're leprechauns. That's like fun things to do with a child. Just lying to your children for their entire life. That's not a nice thing. And waking them up in the middle of the night and making them get in a car. Yeah. It also feels like we're <laughs> supposed to be getting from this. She There's like dysfunction in that childhood, right? Right. Which would play into... So this whole episode, there's a whole bunch of talk about Burning Man. They're going to go to this thing. At one point, also, I don't know who wrote this in the slightest. She's telling, uh, Fan- Michelle's telling Fanny about it. And Fanny starts reminiscing about how she went to, uh, Woodstock. She went to Woodstock. Which, like, I they even say, like, she's like, you went to Woodstock? She's like, I know, I didn't want to. But then I went and it was great or whatever. Which, like, at first I was like, Fanny didn't go to fucking Woodstock. <laughs> but then they at least give us the decency of being like, oh, I didn't want to go. But I went and had a good time. Okay, fine. Right. Then she says that someone put a baby in her purse. Ugh, I forgot that part. And it wasn't and like oh, wrong. So she's like, "What did you do with that baby?" And she goes, "Oh, I put it at the lost baby table." A lot of babies ended up in the wrong purses. The f- I like who. You could have written any number of silly things. You didn't have to take this. That's not. This is, that feels like a first draft of a bad sketch. Like. Yeah. You could take your time. You're writing an episode of TV. Come back and go, okay, this maybe is a placeholder, but let's write something that's even feasibly possible that yeah. also is silly. That that made me so mad. I will say it reminded me of one time in Austin. Go, being downtown, I don't remember if I was deliberately at this protest, <laughs> but I do remember hearing over the loudspeaker or the whatever PA 
someone saying that there so and so your kid is missing and over here to come get him and I felt like just I will always be left wing. I love hippie values. But fucking hippies do tend to lose their kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. Uh, we were doing uh, East this week, uh, or this past weekend, my girlfriend and I, the East Austin Studio Tours. It's a, a thing that happens in Austin, Texas. It's very cool. Uh, all you know, There's like a hundred places around town, and there's art at all of them, and it's free, and you walk around. It's very cool. And we were at... Uh, that place, uh, Canopy, over on Springdale, it's like just a bunch of studio spaces and there's a couple shops or whatever, and it was all yeah. this art. And one of the things was this circus that was like, it's called it a circus, it was just, it was not what you would think of as a traditional circus, but there's people playing some instruments, people with giant flags, somebody standing on a bus. It was just <laughs> hippie bullshit, right? And it was fine. It was perfectly fine. Uh, uh, but But then, like... <laughs> At the end of that, they all went and they were selling all these posters or whatever that they they paint. And good for them. Making right. They clearly are a group of people that kind of live in that bus, right? And uh, they had they made their own bread and they were passing out bread to people. And then I like looked around and there was just so many children that were just running around and dirty. And I was like, I don't know. No one seems to know who any of you belong to. <laughs> like, you could all be together. You don't yeah. see, you don't look like you match. And then like it was just <laughs> I was like, yeah, of course there's just random dirty children running around. Yeah, I will say I still it still pushes the boundaries of reality to say that they might not be paying attention and their kid wanders off. Sure, that happens to everybody. They're not gonna put their kid in somebody's a purse. baby. A baby. And it's not gonna happen so often that there's a table for all of the babies that got put in the wrong purses. It's an insane thing. That is so dumb. Oh uh, yeah, every that's why this show has completely fallen apart. Where in the beginning, you live in a little quirky town. Fine. Some of it's a bit of a stretch, whatever. But like, ah, right. oh, there's the uh, the town council or whatever, and there they be a little weird. Fine, that's all good. But now it's like you're just writing completely unbelievable nonsense. Yeah, that doesn't even serve a purpose. It doesn't make me like these characters anymore. It doesn't make me learn anything new about these characters. Yeah, it's it's definitely. Uh... It's driving me crazy, and it's uh, by this time normally, I this many episodes into something, I would have started to feel some attachment to the characters, even mm. if it started out as annoying me. Right, I just would have become attached. Some sort of Stockholm syndrome would have taken, yes. like yes. <laughs> and with this, I'm like, I can't wait until it's over. I am. I li- I have written a couple times here. I actively don't like Michelle and yeah. I don't think she's a good person. Like yeah. the character of Michelle I think is a self-centered narcissist yes. that is a bad influence on everyone around her. Yes. Uh so uh Sasha's so so uh they're supposed to be going to Burning Man, right? And they're going to leave after this after this house part warming party. Uh she goes, there's a stupid conversation about him telling her not to sleep in the car, but then she's going to sleep in the car anyway. She sleeps in the car. They wake up. They're at a di- he's at a diner. He's trying to tell her, stay in the car, stay in the car, stay in the car. And it turns out that he's meeting their mom. Right. Uh, Lolita Davidovich, by the way. The actress playing the mom. Great actress. Am I going? I don't know. Was... 
he didn't. I'm to believe that he did not want Michelle to know he was meeting the mom. Right. Right. That's why he's like, I thought, why aren't you asleep? Stay in the car. Like right. that's what that whole thing is about. Then why take her there at all? Are it they- makes no sense, particularly when you realize at the end of the episode. That they never went to the fucking Burning Man place. <laughs> the whole trip was to that diner and back. Yeah. That was it. So what the fuck are we even doing? It's just another dumb plot device. Or that's not the... It's like a... Well, we we need... We want to have a scene where Michelle... You get to see how much Michelle hates her mother. And that her mom isn't the world's greatest person. Uh, how are we going to do that? Oh, maybe we can just have the brother take her there. It doesn't make any right. sense. It, they it, don't. They, it doesn't make any sense. And I, what we find out in this scene is that the and also this scene, it's written so fucking like the pacing is so weird. Yeah. And Michelle refuses to go back to the car, which is fucking dumb because she doesn't like the mother. She hasn't seen her in 11 years, but she just has to know what's happening. So she sits in the booth behind them, listening to the conversation and talking at them, but not looking at them. Right. And it's very fucking annoying. Yeah. And we find out in this scene that the brother is the mother's legal guardian. Right. Because the mother bought a house with some boyfriend they were supposed to go and pay half each, and then the boyfriend split, and she couldn't afford to uh, pay the mortgage by herself. Right. In order to get out of the mortgage, she had to be declared legally incompetent. Right. And part of that means that the brother now has to sign all her financial paperwork and decisions and shit. Sign right. off on all that stuff. And she's trying to get a condo, so she needs him to sign this thing. And. What I get out of all of this is that the mother is very irresponsible. Right. Which is probably not a great trait in a mother. Right. But also doesn't seem like that awful. Like, she's not good. She's very irresponsible. I get that. Probably made for a very dysfunctional childhood. I get that entirely. But the vitriol yeah. <laughs> that Michelle comes with doesn't match the woman that we are seeing. Yeah. She's just a woman who's like, oh, my new boyfriend, I'm going to make an album, so I'm opening, I'm going to build a recording studio. Just dumb, flighty, hippie bullshit, but like, I don't know. It just seems crazy. Yeah. It also, there is a point in life where you have to, most people who had bad relationships with their parents by a certain age you have to pick a road to go down because Mm. you realize they're gonna die so you have to either make peace with it and accept them for who they are and have a relationship or just accept that it's like they're dead to you and there are people who cause so much harm to their kids that that the kids are probably right to do that but most people well, like by the time you hit a certain age and you've made a bunch of mistakes, yeah. you're like, "Oh, they just did the same kind of things I probably would have done in those circumstances, given what I didn't get growing up." They didn't right. get it either. That's yeah. why they did that. But Michelle's like over thirty-five, 
and just a horrible cunt to her mom. <laughs> and her mom doesn't do anything really terrible. She's what? just a flaky dummy. Yes, exactly. My That's exactly my issue is like, write that. If you want, all this is doing is making me like Michelle less and less. Right. If you want her actions to seem justified, then make the mom uh, a drug addict. And now that even that, people can come back from or whatever. But like... The like abusive and something to justify what this, this these actions as opposed to Miss Woman who's like oh I could probably smoke a joint with her she seems I wouldn't yeah. want her as a mom probably but that doesn't mean like she's the worst I don't yeah. everything about that whole scene bothered me and then the next scene like they leave and then the next scene is him dropping her back off the house and he's like door to door service. That's it. And everyone's a Burning Man. The whole point of that trip was to go see the mom. So why'd you bring Michelle in the first place? It made me very angry. Uh, and then he's gone. And then that's it with the brother. And nothing comes of him, her seeing her mother. And it's just this weird clunky bit of interaction that doesn't make any. It felt like that scene should have been in the previous episode. If yeah. you're going to do this story of yeah. the brother showing up and the meeting the mom or whatever, it does. It, that can be condensed into one episode and maybe have some arc to it where this is just like clunky and out of nowhere. It was weird and it made me think about, there's a, on Law & Order SVU, there's a blonde detective, I wish, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name right now. Oh, I know the one. And her sister's like a gambling addict or something. Her or a drug addict. Yeah. No, she's the gambling addict and the sister's like a drug addict. And, and her sister is what I think they wanted this mom to seem like, which is very good at manipulating people. Right. But she actually does some very horrible stuff right. and betrays her. And then it makes sense that, that, that the blonde detective hates her sister. Yeah. So show something like that with the mom. You can't just show the manipulative side. Right. Because and they didn't show any of the manipulative side. She doesn't seem that manipulative. Right. I mean, she had like she her just, brother. Yes, her. It is fucking weird that your son is now your legal guardian to get you out of a mortgage. I get that that's not great. But, like, he's not actually... She's not, like, taking his money, right? right? She's not like, oh, I need you to pay my rent on this condo or whatever. She's selling the house to pay for the condo. Right. Like, I don't... Yeah, it's just weird. It doesn't make sense. And Michelle's as mad as if her mom is going to do something terrible to the brother. Right. But they don't give us any proof of that, so you just think Michelle's being a bitch. Absolutely. Uh, the other storyline that's happening is uh, Lily, Truly's uh, sister, the uh, businesswoman, right. is now backing them on this amphitheater or whatever, and she's becoming real bossy about it. Uh, this storyline actually... If the rest of the show episode around it wasn't so fucking insane, this would be a fun little quirky storyline, right? Right. She's real bossy, and she's started to read Playbill now that she's gotten into the arts or whatever. And she's like, did you know this? And I know that I'm supposed to get a, a, book, a backer's rehearsal where I get to see a special screening or whatever of the play. And then right. she's got dumb notes. Why aren't they wearing tutus? Blah, blah, blah. All that's perfectly fine. Uh, I enjoyed Fanny scamming uh, her out of food for the backers rehearsal. That made me laugh. Where yeah. she's like, oh, the thing is, normally the backers rehearsal, there's sushi and champagne. But with such short notice, I enjoyed all of that. Yeah. Uh, them yelling at each other. The the makeup dinner. Uh, where basically we find out she just wants people to think she knows a lot about the arts. And Fanny's like, how about I lie and tell everyone you know a lot about the arts and then you let me just do my fucking thing. Right. Perfectly pleasant little fun storyline with like 
quirky, good acting from the two of them. Like, I enjoyed their interaction. Yeah. Not a whole lot to say about that story, but like, it's so insane to me. Like, everything else in the show is so that should be the absurd, funny storyline, right? If you're doing right. like an A, B, and C plot, that's the like silly, funny kind of absurd one. Why is the businesswoman suddenly uh, pretend like having notes and whatever? Like, that's the quirky trait for her. But right. instead, the rest of the show around it, which should be grounding everything, is completely off the fucking walls. Yeah. I also, I saw in my notes, it's repeatedly comes up of how sad it is that some of these girls, Michelle is their only role model because mm. their home life is so shitty. Yeah. And she's so bad. Like, she, at Sasha's apartment... She's mad at Sasha that it's nicer than hers. Mm -hmm. Shows that. Absolutely. And then starts telling Sasha about the danger of home invasions. <laughs> and it's just like, what, I, what, I wanted Sasha to have like some decent adult in her life. Just one. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't have the single. Her parents have abandoned her at this point. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then she's stuck with, you know, ugh. <laughs> oh, uh, trust me, I have a lot to talk about Michelle as okay. as a as a guardian or or role model or whatever in this next episode coming up. The other thing yeah. that's happening in this episode is that that weird little half a goth boy that Sasha was kind of dating or whatever maybe. Right. Shows back up. She hasn't been talking to him for a few weeks. He's real but like upset about it. Shows up at the apartment cuz she's having this housewarming party that he wasn't invited to. And uh, basically, he's freaked out that she told him he had a. He, she had, like, she's got, you've got an apartment you never told me? So right. he's basically, he's upset that he's been being ignored, but she's been going through a lot of serious shit. And then also, I think in the one true bit of writing in this entire fucking episode, she was like, I freaked out because I have an apartment with no adults in it, and I thought you would think, oh, sex ahoy, and I made me uncomfortable. That's right. a bit of, like, actual true. I could imagine a girl feeling that. Like, A-okay with that writing. Yeah. And I love that the guy is like, I wouldn't have assumed that. Right. Like, yeah. I I did love, it's a testament to how bad the rest of the show is, yeah. that those two characters are now my favorite characters. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't care for them. Like, yeah. Or him, at least, I feel is very, like, one note and kind of boring. Um, Except for the eyeliner, for some reason that doesn't make any sense. Also, that necklace—that's just a chain with a like a luggage padlock oh. <laughs> on it. It's not it's so dumb. Um, yeah, I didn't. It was so. There's a whole thing there with the two of them, and uh, but it's also delivered in a weird yelly way, where like I guess it's supposed to be cute, but she's but he's like. Yeah, I don't think this is going to happen. Well, I want it to happen. Well, how about eight? Fine. Friday. Fine. And they like, whatever. Yeah. It's like, I guess that's supposed to be cute, but just seemed hacked. Yeah. Um, I also don't understand. Uh, okay, let's just get into the next episode because that storyline is continuing into the next episode quite a bit uh, where he is uh, pressuring her is not right. Because she's obviously fine with it. But, like, he's like, I think it's time we take our relationship public. Right. Uh, so we're going to drive. I'm going to drive you to school. We'll, ha we'll be seen in the hallways together. We'll eat lunch together, whatever. Why exactly is, is Sasha playing it that she is completely, like, are we to believe this is, like, her first boyfriend or something? Because that doesn't seem to fit her character. 
that she... Although they never really talk about it, but she's so like, what do you mean we're driving to school to go, lunch? Like, she's so like, like, can't handle this boyfriend thing, but she then handles right. perfectly fine. It just, the, it just seems weird. Yeah, it is weird. It Some of it was, was kind of cute to me when mm. he puts his arm around her and just says, accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- <laughs> Yeah, I thought that no, it was, that was silly, but um, yeah, it doesn't make sense with her character that she's um, that she's that uncomfortable with having a boyfriend, or even that she would go along that easily with whatever he's saying. Right, like, it's just weird because she's previous to this for the whole season. She's just been a real alpha, yeah, real of, headstrong, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, yeah, I didn't like like. Neither of the sides of that performance make any sense to me. You're absolutely right. There's a couple... So, let's lay out this episode a little bit. Uh, The town council, which is like the association for keeping it real in paradise or whatever. That makes Uh, me mad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mostly it makes me mad because... I think when it first, because that's a call, like that council has been on the show before and they called it that before. And I think it made me chuckle then. But now the show and everything around it is so bad that I'm like, oh, fuck you with this. (laughs) Like, it just makes me angry. Because, like, keeping it real wasn't even cool when the show was at, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, It's a bunch of lame shit. Uh, Like, the referenceometer of this show is not hip. Right. We're like, oh, what's the biggest rock star we can think of? Oh, I know. The Edge. Like, <laughs> shut up. Who cares about the fucking Edge? Um, so they're meeting because they have to discuss whether or not they're going to allow this amphitheater to be built. That's one storyline, right? Right. The storyline is Michelle's friend from Vegas is coming to town, and she has big news. It's the second note I wrote because it happens at the very beginning of the episode. The second note I have is friends coming to town. Guess she's getting married. Yes. Knew it immediately. There's no, like, I don't, what else are they doing with her? Um, and then the rest, Jenny is still, she's, all right. So Jenny feels like to me, she's get she's getting upset that like, oh, well, Boo has Carl and now Sasha has whatever his fucking name is. Ro- Roman, Ro- I think. Roman, yeah. And uh, she feels like she's sort of being left behind by her friends. Uh, the tall one's going to roller derby. Right. That could actually be an interesting bit of humanity in this show. If she's like, oh, we're at this, you know, we're starting to drift apart. My other friends are getting other interests that I don't have. All we had to keep us together was ballet. That could be an interesting storyline to like, explore those feelings. No, it's not <laughs> at all because it's handled so fucking poorly. Yeah. I do. I end up feeling bad for Ginny that that. Um Cosette's brother Frankie yeah. is so hot and cold to her. It's obnoxious. It is. And I don't want to necessarily defend Frankie. But Jenny is so shitty to Frankie's sister all yeah. the time that yeah, yeah, I also like I would be I wouldn't like Frankie if he just allowed if he's like, Oh yeah, I'll date you, you're being a fucking cunt to my sister yeah. for no reason all the time. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, you're I don't like right. That either. You're right. The, the, so it opens. <laughs> so we get that stuff. Then we find uh, there's a weird fundraiser at the Oyster Shack restaurant that is for. I, I, it's so weird. It's almost like 
they're like, oh, we're wrapping this up. Let's get all the characters we forgot about since the beginning of the series and right. throw them a couple bones. So now, like, the weird surfer guy and his wife that own the oyster restaurant. Yeah. But also, ugh. do they own the oyster restaurant? Because <laughs> I thought the fucking surfer dude's parents own the oyster restaurant, right? Are they not his parents? That, there's never made any attempt to say they were. Why? They don't yeah. seem like they would be. You're right. I can't remember. But they no, that surfer dude who turns out to have a PhD in oceanography <laughs> uh, says explicitly in the first episode we see him when he's like being nice to Boo or whatever that like, oh, my parents own the place. They There is no assistant manager or whatever. He says that like, oh, my parents aren't big on labels. Well, I guess maybe that we're supposed to believe that those are his parents. But I don't them, know. There's but never, they're never... Have them interact. Never, so, yeah. Why wouldn't you have them interact if they're supposed to be... You know what I mean? Yeah, and also, how could he be that smart and normal and down-to-earth when they are the spaciest... Yes. He says, welcome to the first annual, and she's like, second, second annual, because he forgot they've done this once before. I also don't know what the how it's a fundraiser. They appear to just be showing a VHS copy of Endless Summer and serving less food than normal. I don't understand where they're making any money. Yeah, and that's weird. And also, how could these people have sent a son to college and be running a successful business when every time they're on the show, they're... All they do is express how they don't really know what's happening. <laughs> That's very true. To the point where they're like, a couple times in their previous appearances, they were like mad that they had to stay open and sell food. Like, yeah. how are you putting a kid through master's level college, graduate school right. at this point? Uh, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. What also doesn't make any sense is shitty manager guy who's like annoying or whatever is, I don't understand the scam he's supposed to be working. He's like, I need these tips or whatever. So he's mad that he someone went and got drinks from the bar. Oh, she's right. like, you order from me. But you don't get the money for the drinks he ordered. What difference does it make? It's just weird. Yeah, also, like, um, you don't increase your tips by yelling at customers. Certainly not. Certainly not. Uh, here's another weird way you don't increase your tips. By telling some clearly 37-year-old blonde woman... That I'll if you give me your phone number, I'll get you fries. <laughs> and then that clearly adult woman also shouldn't accept that offer. <laughs> What's happening? She's like, oh, fries, sure. And she's writing his, her phone number down. That's the I said it a bunch in the last episode. Somebody pointed it out. You're an adult. <laughs> what is happening in this world? Yeah, I didn't even catch that. I just was annoyed. At, oh, here's another. Um, quirky thing that is there's no way that's just not anything realistic about it like I keep comparing it to the Gilmore Girls so on the Gilmore Girls when Lorelai goes behind the counter and gets her own coffee you can yeah somebody somebody really pushy in a small town where everyone knows each other might do that despite Luke definitely not wanting her to. It's not unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. Also, Luke and Laura clearly have a long history together. Right. So that's one thing. These people don't have... She's just yelling at people, some of them not his friends. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And just saying to a customer, I'll get you fries if you give me your phone number, doesn't... That makes less... Since I swear to God, mm-hmm. then when Fonzie 
would just snap his fingers <laughs> and women would come running. Yeah. That was more believable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's super, it's it's just weird. Um, so that's happening as well. Sa- they have to have this meeting with the town board. So Sasha, there's a whole thing about Michelle having to wear a fucking pantsuit because is- Lily knows uh, pantsuits are how you be powerful or whatever. Acting like it's a huge burden. Such to wear a burden. A pantsuit. To put on a, a fucking outfit for 20 minutes of your life. Um, mm. Also, there's a line here that it's dumb and it's a little gross, but it made me laugh. Uh, she's put on the pantsuit and Lily's like kind of looking to see if it fits or whatever. And she's like, I could play with the crotch a little bit. And Michelle's like, best offer I've had all day. Like, it's a dumb, <laughs> stupid one liner. I get it, but I'm grasping for straws here. <laughs> I need anything to get through these episodes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, of course. The friend's getting married to the old guy. Mainly makes it clear. Mainly just because she wants his money. A hundred percent. She goes through. I guess what's supposed to be cute story of uh, Michelle saying like, "Well, what did you say?" And she goes, "Well, I don't know. I didn't say anything at first. And I was leaving, and he was so sweet. And I thought, yes." But then I stopped at this diner, and there was a bunch of hot guys, so of course I thought no. And then I was driving, I, I was stopped at the store, and my credit card got declined, so of course I thought yes. And then a guy helped me fix my tire, and he was really cute, so I thought no. But then of course, and she shows like this giant ring or whatever, and it's like, yes! Yeah, that's, I guess, I mean, that's, but also it kind of makes sense, because what the fuck did Michelle marry? Yeah. I already forgot his fucking name for. Hubble. Hubble, thank you. I was saying Puffin in my head for some reason. I know <laughs> I knew it was a dumb name. I just couldn't figure out what. Basically the same thing, right? She buried yeah. him because he's a rich guy and should maybe get some stability out of it. At least this one's sober. Yeah. Yeah, and at least this relationship has been going on for a while. There's some, yeah, they know each other. They've been dating. Yeah. yeah. Um, but here's where I hate Michelle. I don't like her as a person. Uh, the friend, they're like, she comes back from the, the, the town hall meeting. Uh, they've approved after some shenanigans uh, and a really annoying fucking bit about environmental impact and squirrels and blah, blah, blah. I do have a couple of things I want please, to say about that. Please do. One is that um, Michelle. Well, one is that it doesn't make any sense that uh, Millie or Lily doesn't deliver on the promised snacks that makes everybody mad. Also, there's a line there that made me laugh, and it's real dumb as well, where um, they're all talking amongst themselves, the the council, and uh, Michelle and Lily are like, oh, what do you think they're talking about? And Lily says, oh, they're talking about how I promised snacks and there's no snacks. And Michelle goes, well, how do you know that? And she goes, Michelle, please, I own property. <laughs> I don't even know what that's supposed to mean, but it made me chuckle. Uh, yeah, and I like, but okay, so when they say, fell, they use the term felling trees, mm. and Michelle doesn't know that means cutting trees down, come on. Even if you don't know it, you can figure it out. You can yeah. use context clues and get to the point. The The only thing that made me laugh about that scene was when they're all yelling. Yeah. And it's you can't hear anyone because everyone's yelling at the same time. And then Lily tells everyone to be quiet. And right as they all die down, Michelle's finishing her yell, which is, these pants are supposed to cut me like that. (laughs) (laughs) 
just to silence me that always makes me laugh sure. if you're if you're accidentally the only one yelling. Yeah, that's a classic bit for certain. Yeah. Um That's all I had on that scene. That's fine. It's just a scene and also it's like they're like, Well what about the squirrels? And you're gonna make the Michelle in a perfectly normal things like they can go to a different tree. Like, what if that's their childhood tree and it's a single mother of squirrels? It's <sighs> also dumb. She goes back there, celebr- she's like, oh, we're celebrating. They passed it. We're going to have our amphitheater. I pulled it off in my fucking pantsuit or whatever. And then the friend gets a phone call and it's somebody from Vegas. And we find out that she's been offered a part in the touring company of Rock of Ages because some guy she used to sleep with for a couple of weeks, eight years ago, now in charge of casting, needed somebody and thought of her. Michelle's immediate response is to be shitty to her friend. Right. There's no mo- there's like a half a moment of, oh my God, congratulations, and then immediately it's about her. Right. It makes like you are such a narcissist. To the point where uh Jenny wants to audition for some school play, some musical that I'm not familiar with, and uh bells are ringing, it's called. And uh, she asked Michelle to come uh, help her audition, like, right. like prepare her for the audition. Uh, so they're going to meet the next day in the afternoon. And as soon as that happened, I was like, she's going to fucking fuck that up somehow because she's not good to these kids. <laughs> and she fucks it up, of course, by showing up. I can't tell if she's supposed to still be drunk or just hung over. But yeah. like she can't figure out how to open the door. Yeah. And is an hour and a half late. An hour and a half late. For a child. That's waiting on you. I mean, I know she's a teenager, but it's a kid waiting yes, for you. Absolutely. And they could write the, the Jenny, like, upset at all. You know, she's fine. She's like, oh, an hour and a half, but I guess it's okay. And that's it. Then there's their dog, like, work on the audition, which Michelle makes entirely about her in every fucking way. Right. She starts babbling about fucking uh, the valet Parker that this woman used to date. She's being extra shitty. She calls Jenny meat at one point. Did you catch that? No. She's like, louder meat. Ugh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I was really upset with how mean she was to Jenny. and Because I thought she was doing a good audition and then Michelle shits on it. I would also like to say, you're auditioning... You're not in, like, I was watching it with Maris, and she's like, it's this isn't fame. Listen yeah. to this girl. She's an incredible singer. Yeah. It's a, it's a high school in paradise. How much competition can there possibly fucking be? Yeah. She'll and get a part. She was doing great. Michelle's mean to her, yells at her, and then is, you know, hung over late and just not helping at all. To the point where she takes over the song. And Jenny's like fast, uh, like in, you know, fast uh, infatuated with watching her, which is fine. She looks up to this woman, unfortunately, and uh, she's like, "Oh, you were great." And Michelle's like, "Oh, do you think so?" Because I really thought maybe I messed up that last part. But like, it, she's clearly just make it's everything is so much about her in all ways at all times that I find it in fear. It's like you are a shitty friend. You're a shitty role model. You're just a shitty person, and I don't like watching your adventures. Yeah, I don't. And it made me, again, sad. Like, I wish this poor kid had one sane adult that she could depend on. Absolutely. And she doesn't, because her mom's a fucking problem, right? She's uh, she's doing homework at the dance studio, because the mom just found out that the 
ex-husband is trying to get his new wife pregnant, so she's apparently scre- like to she's practicing, she's doing homework at the studio while this town hall meeting's going on, which is everybody screaming, 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 and her line is like, Well, oh, mom just found out that Faye and my husband my dad are trying to conceive, so trust me, this place is much quieter. So are we to believe that the the mom is just screaming at no <laughs> one in their house? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. It's uh yeah. I don't like it. I it kind. I will say this is that just reminded me. There's one part of Gilmore Girls that I always found troubling, which is the best friend of um, Rory, mm-hmm. whose mom owns a furniture store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that mom is kind of emotionally abusive, oh, and but... it's treated like a quirky, fun story. Yeah, and yeah. This is sort of the same. Just complete lack of of understanding of human. Like it isn't funny when your parents are like mean and critical or screaming and drunk or yeah, yeah. dramatic. It's it's not funny at no, all. Not for a child. <laughs> um, the other, uh, I have a bunch of little notes. Not a whole lot really happens in this episode, other than fucking Michelle being an awful friend. Uh, she then, I mean, I have other stuff I want to talk about, but like, uh, the episode ends and I don't know, she comes back, like, so Truly is there. I actually kind of like that little bit of continuity where Truly has, is hanging out with, uh, the friend from Vegas because they had that night where they all got drunk together and then they cupcakes or whatever. Right. And she's like, look, I made high tea with, uh, scones and clotted cream or whatever. Whatever. And I got, yeah, I don't know what that is. I've heard it on cooking shows. I have no idea what it is. It sounds disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want any food that's clotted. That doesn't sound good. Uh, but I like that they've brought back, oh, they, maybe, the you know, oh, your friend's in town. I liked her. We had a night. I'll come say hi. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Um, but uh, Michelle comes out with the pantsuit on a hanger and she's like, oh, here, truly, the, the pantsuit back or whatever. And she's like, what are you going to do? And she goes, I don't know, but whatever it is, it won't be in this. And I'm like, Ugh, shut up. Are we, is she now going to go back to try to be a goddamn dancer again? I don't... It, uh, it's just so cheesy. It definitely seems like she has decided based on I uh, hung over late, uh, steamrolled over... A, a child's... A, 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 a session in which I was supposed to be helping a child. Right, and that... Oh, I, maybe I am still good. I'm going to go reboot my career as a performer. Right. Fine, but what have you done that would make anybody give a shit? Yeah, nothing. You were a magician's assistant in in Pahrumpf or whatever, and now this. that Now you've been teaching and you're opening a theater. I, it doesn't make... I don't get it. The you- only, I kind of want her to just transition into being Fanny. You run a school. <laughs> you dress a little weird. Yeah. Whatever. Um... And try to be like a decent person. Maybe yeah. start with that Work before on being decent to the human beings in your life. Yeah. Um I like I'm disappointed with how this show uses Carl. He shows yeah. up again in this episode a little bit in the first time he's like delivering drinks and then he's making out with Boo way too much. Way too much. Uh, look, you're cute. Go make out somewhere else. But you're like literally at the dinner table. You just yeah. delivered hamburgers. Everyone yeah. is eating, and you're just hard making out of this table. I didn't like it. Uh, and then he shows up again. There's a scene. This actually. There's another moment that I laughed at where uh, 
uh, Ro- Roman and uh, Sasha sit down at Sasha's lunch table, and the girls yeah. are like, what? We're all girl. We only eat together, just the girls or whatever. And they have a little moment of like, look, he's my boyfriend. It's official. He's going to join us. What do we talk about? Uh, I, we can't, I, I don't want to talk about basketball, and we can't talk about what we talked about yesterday. I'm assuming sex or periods. I don't know what they they won't say what it is, but like we can't talk about that. That would be embarrassing. Um, so he comes and sits down, and it's awkward and quiet. Then Carl shows, see, walks by, and says, "What? Well, I thought lunch was a girl thing." And I go, "Well, Sasha changed the rules." He goes, "Oh, well, then I'm sitting down too." And now Jenny's in this moment. Oh, it's couples again. And then this made me laugh out of nowhere. Uh, the tall one's brother's dumb friend oh, yeah. just comes, sits down next to them, and he's like, "What? I saw these guys. So I just thought, <laughs> I just thought I said too. Like it doesn't make any. There's no like connection there. It's just such a. I don't know. It was silly, but it made me laugh. Yeah, that made me laugh, and I almost want him and Melanie to like each other. Yeah, I could be fine with that if he turned out to not actually just be a meathead. Yeah. Or if he was just a meathead and she thought he was cute, and they're sixteen, and who gives a shit? They can yeah. go see a movie and kiss a little bit. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah. Um, he doesn't seem to be the shitty person that her brother is. You know right. what I mean? Also, did they just? <laughs> this is so dumb. The last episode, the brother gets dumped like horribly in public. He's humiliated, and also he's very depressed and sad. And Mich- and the sister's gonna take it out on Pete. Like she's like, well, she goes like beats up that girl or whatever. We have not seen the brother since. <laughs> they make no effort for her to like go try to help him be not depressed or any like. Did yeah. he just kill himself? Maybe <laughs> that would be great if this show turns out that he just actually killed himself. Yeah, it's so. There's so many. So I wrote that this ends on a cliffhanger where Michelle doesn't need a pantsuit anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, then I saw the name and description of the next episode. Okay. It doesn't have anything to do. With, they just introduce things and then drop them, and you never see them again. Right. And it's really annoying. There's nothing. That makes you want to keep watching the show. That's absolutely true. We're both so mad about it. I'm very mad about it. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anything else that I liked or didn't like. Oh, so uh, Jenny's going to do this audition, and she has... uh, She says every year she's going to audition for the school musical, and she never does it. She always chickens out. And she she does the practice or whatever, and then we see her at the door, and she's like, Oh, I'm going to go in. No, I'm not. I'm going to go in. No, I'm not. And Frankie, I think, is the brother, yeah. the new kid, the twenty-eight-year-old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he says to her, "What? It's like there are things that are known, and there are things that are unknown, and in between them are the doors." I'm assuming that's a reference to the band, The Doors. I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that. Shit. Some I could tell it's some quote. It's clearly a quote, but I don't yeah. know from what. And she, he's like, "Go in already!" So she goes in, and apparently she does. Very well at the audition. We don't know if she's got the part. Calls back to her Tuesdays. But like when she shows up for ballet, everybody's applauding her. And everyone, right. oh, so-and-so was there doing the lights. She said, you were great, blah, blah, blah. And he gives her all this confidence to go talk to Frankie or whatever. And she <laughs> I did enjoy her idea of flirting is like the play that she, the musical she's doing and she's an, like an, uh, like a like a telephone operator back in the day. It's so like you plug one cord into the other thing. Right. And, like, that's the energy she came with, the flirt with Frankie. She's like, hey, fella, what you doing over there? Like, it's, I just, it made me, like, that made me chuckle. And then he, like, she's like, we should hang sometime, you know, with the hanging or whatever. And he kind of just looks at her weird. And then she's like, oh, your, your paintings. And she kind of 
collapses back into her less confident self, which is like right. not nice to see, but like also like oh, there's a, a human being who had uh, an arc where she got some confidence and something bad happened to her, and then she kind of came back to her old self, but she's still going to be in this play. I, okay, if you can do that, then why can't you do that in any other aspect of this goddamn show? <laughs> yeah, I le- I I did for a little bit feel ma- mad at the 28 year old brother. For shooting her down, but then yeah, I at the I can't remember if it was before or after that when Cosette basically tells her, "If you want my brother to like you, then you can't be a bitch to me." Yeah, I like that moment. That's also where she calls her Heidi, which I enjoy. Yeah, because Cosette yeah. comes over to be nice. She's like, "Hey, that was awkward," but like, it turns out you know what's the thing is, my brother likes awkward. It's comfortable. He can't deal with. So you actually made progress. And then she's just a fucking bitch to her. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, because that kind of stands up for herself and it's like, look, Heidi, which made me laugh. <laughs> uh, you know, we're tight. She, he's like, our family's tight, like Zappa tight. These fucking references. And, uh, and when like, this was in 2012, yeah. why are they referencing the Zappa family I in 2012? I got nothing. That was at best in the 90s, was when it was when everybody knew the three Zappa kids were really close. For sure. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, <laughs> But that's, yeah, so that's it. Again, we got two more episodes. We can get through anything. And we can, I can watch two episodes <laughs> of anything, but I am fucking really fed up with this show. I am too. I will say there's one thing from the first episode with the mom okay. that I did like, which is when they're walking out and her mom says, Michelle, and Michelle turns back and she says, I just wanted to see your face. Yeah. It's such a mom well, thing. Very much so. Yeah, it was kind of touching. Um, yeah. And- uh, Anything you want to plug? Um, I am. Uh, I'm gonna not do any performing for a while, and I'd like to just plug that. Okay, okay. plug uh, rejuvenating yourself, taking some new time. I, like I want. It. I want to try to write some new material and also build some uh, self esteem before <laughs> facing a crowd, or even better, facing not a crowd, facing ten people. <laughs> I'd like to have a little bit more uh armor word uh the sting is back december 5th if you're in austin at king b lounge so come to that it'll be super fun we got a great lineup uh i'm on buzz mill on the 28th i believe uh, i got stuff popping around so keep an eye out for that uh if you like the show rate review subscribe please tell your friends do all that good stuff and we will see you next week